Hello and welcome to LTC DON Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Directors of Nursing Services, AADNS. I'm your host, Rebecca, and today AADNS Curriculum Development Specialist, Alexis Rome, will be sharing some insights and tips for new directors of nursing. Welcome, Alexis. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for having me today. We're glad to have you to share your insights. So I want to ask you a personal question to start us off. How did you become a DNS? Well, the first thing is I was available. I was literally offered the job the day I passed my RN board. So went into it with very little experience as an RN, but I had been an LPN for a few years as a charge nurse and the MDS coordinator or NAC. You know, and I was a decent clinician, but what I really excelled at was getting tasks done or that to-do list done. And that's in part because I had been trained as an LPN and practiced at that level for several years. So, you know, I was really good at getting the to-do list done. Uh, Documentation was done. You know, my rounds were done and things like that. And the administrator had seen that. And then I think finally, you know, I knew how to be a good nurse and I was an okay manager. Um, I got along well with people, but really my leadership skills were not on par with what the job required. Alexis, it sounds like you may have struggled a bit going into the DNS role. How did your challenge with leadership skills affect your ability to do the job? Well, you know, fortunately, I had worked at the facility for some time as an LPN, as I mentioned, and I had built trust with the people I was working with and now managing. But pretty quickly, I took too many deposits out of what I call the trust bank because I was so eager to make things great, and I just ended up leaving people behind. And just to clarify, the trust bank is just a way to think about building trust. You need to do things to build trust or make these deposits because at some point, you're going to ask people to do things that require them to take this leap of faith and trust you. And when they take these leaps of faith and it fails, you've made a withdrawal from the trust bank. And trust me, things are going to fail. It happens. So you really need to make deposits in that trust bank to account for all those withdrawals that are going to occur. So, you know, I was envisioning the Eden alternative, and that's just culture change, person-centered care, a model of it, uh, when it was first coming out. But my staff really needed to make sure they had equipment to do their job, you know, basic things. I didn't listen to what they thought were priorities. I really exhausted them and just kind of left them behind. So I ended up being kind of this lone person out there with these, you know, wonderful ideas for person-centered care, but nobody was really following me because, you know, they didn't have the support from me that they needed. And this became a problem because core operational things began to unravel And I started writing all these memos and the memos just kept repeating the same things they should do. And I learned the idea of writing memos from previous managers I had worked with. That's kind of how they handled problem solving. It would just be to write these memos and stick them on the time clock or attach them to time cards if it was really serious and tell you all these things that you should be doing that you weren't. And One day I went in and I sat with my office manager and I just said, you know, I feel like if I just take these memos that I'm writing 
and just white out the date and then reissue them every you know, a couple of months or so, I'll just be covering everything that needs to be covered. This is ridiculous. There has to be a better way to do this. And so from that, I kind of learned, you know, I needed to just stop and listen to people and meet them where they were on the journey and engage them in my vision of the future and get them on board with it, get them engaged. But to do this, I had to get to know my people and I had to make those deposits back in the trust bank. I had to listen to them because, you know, the CNAs and the charge nurses know the residents best. The CNA provides 80% of the bedside care and charge nurses are that primary bedside clinician. So you have to work with them and not just issue these edicts. They're also going to think of things that you won't. So when I started asking them questions and, and really having conversations with them, I learned things that I wouldn't have thought of because I was seeing things from a different perspective now. I also figured out I needed to develop my leadership skills and behaviors and that it was going to be a lifelong intentional thing. I started reading, taking professional development courses, assessing myself, having others give feedback, and then finding a mentor um, who could support me was really important. And I suggest that for everybody in the DNS role. And then finally, you know, I realized I needed to learn how to implement change. Change does not happen usually because an authority figure goes out and tells the staff, hey, you know, you will do this. There's really a science to making change and especially to making change stick or sustainable. And so you've got to learn about it and you've got to practice it over and over and over. Those are some great lessons learned, Alexis. Thank you. So I've heard that time management is really challenging for a new DNS. Did you struggle with this? And what's your advice on this topic? Yes, absolutely. I struggled with this. I went from being a very efficient MDS coordinator or NAC um, and charge nurse to, you know, becoming a fireman. And I mean by that, I, you know, I started running to wherever the crisis of the moment was and just jumping around, putting out fires, but not really getting much done, um, including work that I really needed to do that nobody else could do for me. Um, I can remember, you know, coming in the door in the morning or at night, whatever the case. And I was met at the front door by people and everything that they thought they needed from me right at that moment. And those people managed my time the rest of the day. So, you know, with time management, I learned first and foremost, it's my responsibility to manage my time. Like everybody else, I had things that had to get done and I needed time to do them. And nobody could do my job for me. And I realized it really wasn't physically or mentally possible to solve everybody else's problems. And also that that wasn't my job as a DNS. They needed my permission to make decisions and to know it was okay if they made a mistake, but I had to give them the skills and the information to make the best decisions possible. You know, that was really the heart of my job. You know, my team needed to see me model what was important and how to communicate. So I got back into setting priorities and established a few things in my day, just a couple, because I understand 
you know, things come up throughout the day that do require your attention and you can't get other things done. But there was a couple of things in my day that had to get done and rounds was number one. So during these rounds, I might make a better or two or three and empty a few trash cans. And I did that in rooms where residents were in there and I would have conversations with the residents at the same time. That also gave me an opportunity to model, you know, basic things. I appreciate a clean bed and a residence room that looks presentable and, and comfortable. I would ask CNAs who they were concerned about and if they had what they needed to do the job. I would ask nurses the same thing. And from those concerns, I could either go with them to check on residents, do chart reviews, or have conversations and help them set priorities in terms of what I expected the charge nurses to assess or what I expected the CNAs to monitor. I reviewed the 24-hour clipboard. Um, now a lot of us have, you know, the electronic health record dashboard and things like that, but, you know, the same thing. I would go through a sample of nurses' notes for skilled residents or those that had a condition change. I would look at new orders and the lab board to see, you know, what we had going on for labs and then any of those lab results that were, you know, of a concern. And so after I got my rounds really to a science, later on I did a clinical stand-up where I would meet with each charge nurse and their team, and we would set clinical priorities for that day. And that included things like, you know, what residents were they concerned about, and then what changes did they need to be alerted to, and then what did they need to follow up on. And eventually the MDS coordinator started joining us and would update care plans based on what she learned from those stand-ups. This translated over in so many ways. Charge nurses did their rounds. They worked better with CNAs. We had improved communication between all of us and even physicians. Charge nurses and CNAs began to have huddles. Communication improved because of those huddles. They learned how to do their own rounds and quality of care improved tremendously. So my advice to a new DNS is to make sure that you do a to-do list or use some other tools to organize you and help plan out your day so you know where you're spending your time and you can prioritize what you're going to do and how much time you're gonna to take to do that. And then the second part of time management is you'll also need to learn to delegate to others and work with them to ensure they know what they're responsible for and when it needs to get done. That's great advice, Alexis. Thank you. Continuing with time management, there seems to be more to do with less time to do it in. What can you tell a new DNS about managing this better? You know, Rebecca, unfortunately, this is so true. Um, and it overwhelms and exhausts, you know, the seasoned pro who's been doing this for many years much less someone new to the DNS position. And the key is the DNS has to set priorities, but also be willing to eliminate things that don't add value or accomplish what they should. So when I've consulted with the DNS and even myself, um, I had to get really good at finding what things were duplicative and Duplicative paperwork is a major time thief. 
So get rid of it whenever possible. Now, of course, you need to go through your uh, management company, your corporate office, you know, your policies, procedures, all that kind of thing. It's definitely worth researching to figure out how can we get rid of things that we're doing double, triple, et cetera, because it's just a time thief. You know, don't be afraid to question if something is really required by the regulation or if it's something being done because the facility was cited 10 years ago and the POC or the plan of correction called for something that no longer makes sense. Sometimes we get stuck in these cycles where we're doing things because somebody at some point thought it was required by the regulation and it's really not and it's not adding any value it's not helping the resident it's not improving the quality of care quality of life it's just again stealing time i would also say kiss it or keep it simple whenever possible so these elaborate programs may not be possible at the time to fully execute So really focus in on what absolutely needs to get done. And if you don't have the resources to execute a more elaborate program, that's okay. It doesn't need to get done right then. Assign jobs to the roles that are trained for those jobs. I've seen a lot of situations where nurses are doing a lot of non-clinical stuff. And so non-clinical stuff meaning that it does not require a nurse to perform that task. On the other hand, the nursing tasks don't get done. So for example, assessment and documentation um, in the medical record of skilled residents. Too often, the quality of that assessment and the quality of that documentation is compromised, but when you observe nurses at work, you find them you know, calling and making physician appointments or doing inventory or a whole host of other things that other people would be qualified and suited to do. So really look at how you're assigning jobs to their roles. Alexis, those are some great tips to help eliminate unnecessary tasks and help save time. Before we move on to the next tip, let's take a quick commercial break. Listeners, please stay tuned. Learn how to translate data into actionable information and drive performance improvement with AADNS's newly updated QAPI Certified Professional Education and Certification Program. You'll get practical and relevant quality improvement education that can be applied in all aspects of QAPI. Learn more at AADNS ltc.org slash education slash QCP dash certification. Welcome back. Let's continue our discussion with Alexis Rome about tips for the new DNS. Alexis, regulations are so important, but there's so much to learn. Where does a new DNS even begin? Yeah, there's a tremendous amount to learn and it can be so overwhelming. I recall that when I first became an MDS coordinator or a NAC, I received a day of training to orient myself to the computer and just a brief overview of what they told me was required and how to fill it out, and off I went. So certainly made a lot of mistakes, and I can remember saying to someone, 
gosh, I wish there was an instruction manual for this. Lo and behold, of course, there was. And, you know, I repeated that same thing when I became a DNS. This whole time I had been working as a charge nurse, I knew there was regulations, but I was really ignorant of what that meant. And so I can remember when I first became a DNS saying, you know, I really need to know the rules. When you talk about regulations, what are they? What does this mean? Um, and was finally presented the State Operations Manual or SOM. So after you have the SOM and the RAI manual, you're going to want to find out when the last survey was conducted. The next survey will be between 9 and 15 months after that one. Next, you're going to review the CASPER 3 report to learn what was cited from the last three surveys. And if you need more information about CASPER reports, AADNS members can download the Guide to Primary CASPER Reports for the DNS tool on the AADNS website at www.aadns-ltc.org. After you know the survey history, go to Appendix PP of the SOM and read the regulations that were cited and the guidance to the surveyors because this is gonna help you understand what the regs are, what they require of the facility, and give you insight into why the citation was issued. Then read the POC, or the plan of correction from the last survey, to learn what the facility did and should be doing to remain compliant. You don't want these deficiencies repeated, so these are your priorities for survey compliance. The next thing you're going to do is work with the administrator to develop a survey readiness plan for the year. Compliance is intentional work every single day, and it requires a methodical plan. There are mandatory tasks the surveyor must investigate compliance on, and they include the following. Sufficient and competent nursing staff. Infection prevention, control, and immunizations. Dining and kitchen observations beneficiary notice review, medication storage and medication administration observations, environmental observations, QAPI review, and resident assessments. So we're going to post the long-term care survey pathway tools that the surveyors use and that I just mentioned, along with Appendix PP in the additional resources section in the description of this podcast for your reference. Next, Prioritize the basics that are also a safety issue. So we think about things like abuse and neglect, hand washing and infection control, and medication management. These things are important because if they aren't solid, you can't really build to other improvements. So I'll give you an example. If there are medication errors, and these errors are being made because the physician order process is flawed, You've got to correct this because it's so foundational or core to managing resident care and is a major safety concern. And finally, it takes time and study to learn regulations. Keep a copy of Appendix PP on your computer, um, your phone, so that you can reference it often. AADNS also offers a number of tools and education to help you with survey compliance, including a free DNS starter kit on our website, a DNS fundamental course, a survey readiness kit, webinars, and several free 
monthly tools for members. Again, go to www.aadns-ltc.org. I agree, Alexis. AADNS has some great programs for new directors of nursing. Do you have any final thoughts about self-care for the new DNS? I'm really glad that you brought up the topic of self-care, Rebecca, because we don't really do enough of this as nurses, and it can lead to burnout, which is, you know, very, very sad for a nurse to experience. We're caregivers by nature, and we expend a lot of emotion and a lot of energy caring for others, but we're not always really good at caring for ourselves. So we need to really need to think about this. And so my final tip is to leave the facility every day connecting with a resident, a family member, or staff member in a way that is meaningful to you and reminds you of why you're doing the job that you're doing. You know, what gives you meaning about this job? And it reinforces that. And then once you leave, you need to do something for yourself after work because most of us go home and we have lots of responsibilities. You know, we're taking care of families, that kind of thing. And of course, those obligations still need to be met. But at some point during your evening or, or day, whatever, you know, happens to be the case, you need to do something for yourself after work. Some people meditate, exercise, could be watching a funny movie, playing with your kids, taking time uh, with your pet, whatever it is that you find enjoyable that helps you take a breath and relieve some stress, take care of yourself. You can't be effective at work if you're ill or emotionally run down. Thank you for all these great tips, Alexis. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't hesitate to hit the subscribe button so that you never miss a future episode. For more resources and tools for the new DNS, please visit our website at www.aadns-ltc.org.